Welcome back to 60 Questions with Blue Magazine. Our podcast dives into everything you want to know about the people that make up the workers' compensation community. Doctors, attorneys, industry leaders, vendors, and more. We're going to highlight them all on here. Alrighty, we are joined by one of our wonderful doctors. And so we are going to start. And the obvious first question is, what is your name? Oh, my name's Craig Allen Pop. And what is your specialty? I mainly do orthopedic spine. And how many years have you been practicing? It's coming up on 24 years right now. Oh, wow. wow. Where did you go to medical school? I went to in the cold place of Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> That's cold over there for sure. It is cold. <laughs> did you take a gap year before going to medical school? I actually spent... Um, Went right in from college, right into medical school. Um, I had an opportunity if some, I was training to compete in some sports and if I had made a team, I was gonna take a year off and I already had made arrangements to take a year off. I'm happy I just went straight into it, got it over with and am now done with it. But a lot of kids now wanna take um, a gap year I so they that. can um, progress and have some fun before they enter the rigors of medical school. I do hear that, but I hear sometimes like the doctors, we've done a lot of these interviews and most of them are glad that they didn't take a gap year, that they went straight in and, and did it all. <laughs> what was your favorite part of medical school, if you could remember? Uh, the variety of different things I got involved with. I'll tell you, I was, um, you got a wide variety of different types of specialties and everything like that. Originally, I thought I was going to do sports medicine, and I ended up um, enjoying working with, um, well, the orthopedist, I was thinking for sports medicine, and then I ended up working with some of the spine guys in the department there, and really enjoyed the experience, and I said, hey, this would be fun. <laughs> now, with my next question, what specialty did you think you were going to go into when you first started? So I thought I would do orthopedics and sports medicine. Um, I did enjoy, I did enjoy actually primary care because you got to know the patients and you sort of had a long-term relationship with them. And that's the one thing I do notice about doing spine surgery now is I have a long-term relationship with these patients because, you know, they often do come back again or have something else occur and you have to address that down the line. So it's, um, yeah. it's a very, uh, involved, patient involved activity. That's true. Was there any specialty that you said, not for me ever? <laughs> Psychology. It's like, oh, I could not, I don't know. It was something about, I always had the work done by seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And it was like, okay, now we're just starting to work and we'd be hanging out until five o'clock doing nothing. I said, I don't want to be doing that. I'd rather <laughs> get the work done early and then get other things done later if we had to. Interesting. I like that. So what made you fall in love with orthopedics? Or um, well, I was an athlete for a long time, and I really enjoyed uh, sports. I enjoyed following things. Um, I was always interested in growing up in Southern California. A lot of the sports teams were around there, and a lot of the 
a lot of the early orthopedic problems started there. And I had some knee problems. I had my knee scoped. I liked the orthopedist that I worked with. And he took good care of me. And funny thing was that my father actually had uh, hip work done by his son. So it's amazing how things passed out, passed down the line with um, experiences. That's, awesome. That's an interesting story. And you're the first orthopedic in your family? Or first yes, physician? I am. That's awesome. How long was oh. your training? Oh, <laughs> my training, I did five years of orthopedics, orthopedics, one year internship, and then four years of orthopedics. And then I spent an additional year in Southern California doing a fellowship in spine. And that was with um, Dr. Watkins, who did a lot of sports medicine, sports spine. And so we were taking care of a lot of pro athletes when we were um, doing our training. And I try to carry some of that stuff in my treatment of some of the work comp patients. I love my next question because I love to see the doctor's faces. Have you ever thought of other degrees that you would have done? No, but I do have the desire when I get old enough to become a lifeguard. Oh, okay. okay. I like that. That's <laughs> you awesome. A great lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the most unique part of your specialty? Mm. What's well, amazing, you think about there's not that many different, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, there's not a whole lot of different conditions, but it's always evolving. It's always changing. And, you know, something I used to do 10 years ago, I want to do now, but something I learned in training, I'm now doing now. And things tend to come back as technology improves. We're able to do things that we used to do that were a lot more difficult on the patient. It's now much easier to do. And we're doing a lot more anterior type surgery now is what I really trained doing a lot of. But when I got in practice, we didn't do much. But because of changes in technology and access, individuals I have to help facilitate access to things, I'm able to do a lot more now than I was when I first got started. I'm still learning how to do things, which is nice. Technology is an amazing thing. <laughs> what does an average day look like for you when you come into the office? My average day uh, usually starts off rounding at the hospital, seeing a few patients. Um, I'll then come into the office. I'll try to get my paperwork done before office starts because I like to sort of start my day you know, when the first patient arrives to try to stay on top, stay on time as much as I can. And I will uh, probably see about um, anywhere, you know, about 30 patients a day. But then um, on operative days, it's usually the whole day in the operating room. I try to get started on time. And the hospitals I work at tend to be very efficient at doing that. Good. That's good. No time wasted. No time wasted. <laughs> So what is the most amount of patients you've seen in one day? Oh, uh, we had one day uh, with the physician assistant and myself, we ended up seeing about 60 patients. Wow. Um, and that took a, that was a long day. Um, <laughs> we try to break it up into different uh, groups of time so that, you know, we can't far, fall too far behind. Yeah. Um, I definitely change the way I do things when I fall certain distance behind instead of dictating right then and there with each patient, I'll have to, I'll save my dictations for later. So I try to stay on time. I respect the time of my patients and, you know, it's, it's real tough because everyone has schedules to try to maintain. And a lot of the stuff, you know, is follow-ups and it's to have a patient wait around an extra hour and a half, two hours. 
they don't appreciate it. And I, I try to stay on time. I try to stay on time, but there are times that things are complex and they take you away from those times. I mean, we've had this interview scheduled a couple of times <laughs> and I had to cancel because of things coming up. It's, um, but I try to stay nice. posted on time most of the time. That's life. And of course things happen. That's nothing we can do about it. Right. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> do you do any trauma work? Occasionally. Uh, but the hospitals I'm at do not take in level one trauma, some level two trauma. If we do see anything from a, a spine standpoint, it's usually what you call cold trauma. It doesn't need anything done immediately type of stuff. Um, you know, in the population we have here in Florida, we get a lot of older people that operate, I mean, not operate, but are working at a later age. They have uh, osteoporosis. They have falls at work which, you know, the osteoporosis in the fall, you know, sometimes they need to have something done surgically in that situation. So that would be the most of the trauma I do. Right. Sometimes we do some cervical trauma, you know, that comes in and they say, oh yeah, I've had this problem and they have some something that is ding their spinal cord or something like that. And we have to do something with that. But most of this trauma I do is cold trauma. Right, right. Okay. So what's the most rewarding part of your job? When the patients are happy and satisfied, it makes me feel good. <laughs> good. And I love asking this question too. Do you ever get asked random advice, just from medical advice from anybody, your family, friends? All the time. <laughs> all the time, right? <laughs> I love that because most doctors say yes, all the time I'll get cardiology questions and I'm an orthopedic. How am I going to answer? Well, that's my excuse to get out of it. I say I'm an orthopedist. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to answer that? So now we're going to get into some fun um, lifestyle questions. Um, and I'll let Annalise start with the first one. Righty, here we go. So how many hours do you work a week? Probably about 55. Okay, that's a lot. What does your typical morning look like before getting to work? Um, well, I always wake up next to my wife and say good morning. Aww. And she's off and awake too. And um, I get ready and I get going, get out the door. I try, try to work out some mornings before I come into the office. Um, you know, I try to make that a plan a couple times a week. And then I grab a light breakfast and I get to work and head over to the hospital usually and then to the office. That's awesome. The next question I'm going to ask because it shouldn't be in lifestyle. It should have actually been moved up because doctors don't like this question. <laughs> how does it, how long does it take you to chart? Oh, it <laughs> it's not how, a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a must it depends do. on how complex the patient is. Um, I like to spend my time, most of my time talking to my patients. And so I take advantage of, um, the use of templates and things like that. You know, if I'm going to say a person's working light duty, I'm going to tell them, okay, um, it's a maximum of 20 pounds. I'll talk about, you know, how often push pulling and this type of thing. And to put that in a note takes a long time. So I often use little templates to say, Hey, okay. As defined by the U S department of labor, this is light duty. Right. So I try to, I, and if I have a, a discussion about surgery, I have templates to help me, facilitate that, but it still takes time. I'd say on for every patient, you're still looking at about five minutes of charting time for every patient. And that's on my end. 
the the work that the the staff does to help put in some of the vitals, put in the medications for me to review, to put in all the other information that is there. I would say an average visit probably has on the front end, someone spending in billing and everything like that, probably 30 minutes. And then when you get into ordering up a surgery and that type of thing, you have, you have staff that does a lot of work, surgery schedulers, you have people doing verifications um that takes time you know setting up you know peer-to-peer reviews uh that type of thing but it's a lot of time and i would say it's a half hour on most patients that someone's doing something on the front end scheduling everything like that and on the back end another half hour so an hour on each chart someone's putting in man hours that's a lot (laughs) more comps a lot of time too because you have you know, communicating and making sure all the information's out to the right people. Um, you guys, most most of the time, it's great. I don't mind having people come by. It sometimes saves me time. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk to them directly. I agree with that for sure. When they have the case managers come in and talk to you, I, yes. I think most doctors do appreciate that because it does save them so much time when it comes to charting and everything else that comes along with it. So we need to be more proactive about that, especially with the case managers. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely not a lifestyle question that should have been no. moved <laughs> Well, I have a lifestyle question for you. <laughs> How is your life when you clock out? Relaxing. And I try to have all my work done. So when I get up in the morning, I have nothing left to do. And I enjoy going home, cooking with, with my wife, um, you know, towards the end of the week. The cocktail always tastes good or something like that to relax mm-hmm. with and um, spending time with, um, you know, family members. That's awesome. My question is, what's your favorite music to listen in the OR? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I end up leaving it up to the rest of the staff, the nurses to pick the music. Um, I always like a little Jimmy Buffett towards the end of the week. Um Funny thing is, I have a, I had a guy I worked with that always said Miami pool poolside something was always fun to listen to. Um, the thing is, when I'm working, I don't hear it usually. Oh. So, and I you're uh, so focused, right? You're just I, I really don't hear it until you know I'm not not working. I don't hear the music very much. Um, but I always loved it. I, that's always a great question. But I always remember a doctor I worked with always would say. Um, would always put on nobody does it better while closing at the end of his procedures. <laughs> the thing that was funny is that that Carly Simon track, I think, and I, I'm dating myself, I'm talking about eight tracks and cassettes. <laughs> um, the next song, I think, on that um, on that album was He's So Vain. Oh my God. So we'd walk out of the room and someone would come in and say, and the fellows would change it to that next song. So it was sort of <laughs> funny. Okay. It was a joke. But, you know. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always a great question to ask. I love listening to see what every physician has their own little different taste on music. Oh, yes. <laughs> and at least you got the controversial questions. So Mari always gets to ask this question, but it landed on me this time. <laughs> so do you like pineapple on your pizza? <laughs> Pineapple belongs on pizza. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people say that. 
I, I like pineapple on my pizza. So <laughs> I, the thing I found really nice on pizza now is a little bit of spicy honey. Spicy honey. I have not tried that, but that yeah. sweetness might be really yeah, a little good. spicy honey with some pepperoni can taste really good. Oh, got to try that. <laughs> So my question is, what's one random task that you're really good at? It could be laundry or anything like that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Dr. Pop is not going to say laundry. <laughs> mm, I, I've screwed up laundry more than enough times. Um, from leaving crayons into things to, um, yeah, I, I screwed up a few things. One random <laughs> test I'm good at Um if it's a tedious task that requires a lot of repetitive type of motions, I probably get that done pretty quickly. And wow. if I have, if I have to do the same thing over and over again, I develop a system to get it done very quickly. I like that. <laughs> That's what? efficiency. So Annalise, you're next. <laughs> so what's one random task you wish you were better at? And the answer can't be laundry. <laughs> um, I think doing touch-up paint work around the house. Okay. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> All right. So what is the best way you relax after a long day of seeing 60 patients? Mm, probably sitting outside and best type of situation is if I, if it's dark outside and cold, having a little fire outside. Other times just being able to look out over the water. Um, you know, sure. if it means walking down to the beach or, you know, taking a little stroll along the, you know, the riverfront in this area, that is a very good relaxing way to sort of, uh, sure. decompress. End your day. A little hot over here. Yes, but... it can be hot. <laughs> um, all right. My what? turn. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what would you consider yourself, an introvert or an extrovert? I'd probably say I'm an introvert. Okay. Really? Hmm. I don't see that. <laughs> you did a good job, Doctor. You did a great job. You're doing a great job. So now we're going to go into our fun rapid question section. This is just fun. You don't have to think a lot. We're just going to ask coffee, tea, or soda? Coffee. <laughs> Are you a night person or a day person? Day person. Dog or cat? Dog. Night in or night out in the town? Night in. Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Beach or mountains? Beach. <laughs> Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. <laughs> Football or basketball? Probably water polo. Okay. <laughs> you got us there. <laughs> we don't have that one here. We don't have that one. <laughs> so we're getting close to the end. So we're going to go into some reflective questions and then we're going to get into some work comp questions. Um, the first reflective question is, so what did you think of you were going to be when you were a kid? I really enjoyed working with my, um, Oh, just the doctors I had when I was younger. And I, I was plan I wanted to be a doctor early on in life, if not an engineer. Okay. Awesome. Um, if you didn't go into medicine, what do you think you would be doing now? I probably would be an engineer. <laughs> yeah, that makes That's, sense. That makes sense. 
So you are in a very competitive field specialty as well. Anyone involved in healthcare knows that, right? So was there any doubt? Did you ever have any doubts in getting into this field? Um, I actually had a backup plan. And if I didn't get into an orthopedic residency, and that was, I was probably going to go and do some, um, I know it sounds way off the whole thing. I was going to do some family practice and maybe do some sports medicine type of uh, specialty training in that in the field of uh, family practice or internal medicine. I think you would have done a great job at that too, because you you really show that you care a lot about your patients and taking care of them and being there for them. So I think you would have been a really primary care doctor. We need a lot of those too. <laughs> if you could change one thing about the medical field, what would it be? Oh. <laughs> Loaded question. <laughs> There's not one thing, but I'll tell you what I think it would be. Um, probably some of the pre-authorization stuff. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of things. But there's a balance. Common. There's a balance with that because, you know, there are people that take advantage of things. Um, you know, it's, there's a balance to everything. And insurance companies are pretty smart. You know, I, I think they look at think numbers and they know numbers very well. And they understand that, you know, there's no reason to get this MRI on a first time low back pain the day after an injury, because it's not going to change your treatment plan. So yeah. there is something to, you know, having a pre-authorization, but it'd be nice if they got rid of it. Of course. Yes. A lot of doctors answer the same, say the same thing. <laughs> yes. If you My were turn? speaking to oh. sorry, an aspiring <laughs> medical student right now, what would you say to them? Um, an aspiring medical student is you got a lot of work ahead of you. You just have to, you know, when you get there, it's like, having a fire hydrant, you know, opening your mouth, you're just going to take as much as, as you can. You can't learn everything, but you do the best you can. Um, but you got to work hard. You got to have some good experiences and um, go in with an open mind. If you get into medical school, because it's hard now, I mean, it's very difficult. It's super competitive. Yeah. Um, I think over the last 20 years, it's become even more competitive than it was when I was there. And, you know, I have a daughter that just went through it and she, ended up having to take, you know, takes a different pathway to get in initially, uh, oh, take wow. a year off, learn some other things, get some experience, do some extra learning. And, you know, if you really want it, there are ways to get that, that direction. You got it done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely. So what is she, is she going to be an orthopedics also? I would love her to be an orthopedist, but I think <laughs> she wants to do something that will give her a little more free time in her life and um, looking at family and um, lifestyle. Um, I think it's, I, I think she's looking the right direction. Yeah, so, I, I think a lot, of stuff, a lot of stuff's tough for women. I'll be honest, I, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of women work hard. They are, it's, they, it still has, it's unfortunate. It's still, you know. It's hard. Time, it's a time issue. Yeah, so. it definitely is. And orthopedics is a very time-consuming career. You know, it, you have to be there occupy, for your patients. Yes. It does occupy time, but I think anyone can do it. Just got to figure out that balance in life. 
Yeah, for That's sure, for sure. Well, we're gonna get into our work home questions. Okay. And the first question is, what is your philosophy when treating an injured worker? Well, my philosophy in an injured worker is trying to get them back as soon as you can. Treat them like a pro athlete. Love and if that. you really look at it, a pro athlete gets injured on the field, they want to get back quickly. Yep. And they want to get back into the game. They want to get back into the whole thing. And if you look at them like that, and you treat them like that, and you want to get them back on the field, they'll be, they're going to get back as quickly as they can. And if you encourage them right off the bat, this is what the limited, this is how long it's going to take. Try to encourage them right away. You get them back to the activity as soon as you can. And that's my philosophy. Now, sometimes I do see patients that aren't capable of getting it back up to that level that probably shouldn't have been doing what they were doing before. And that's where, you know, working with um, case managers and trying to find the best fit for them afterwards is often reasonable. And you don't want them to re-injure themselves if they go back to work. Absolutely. No, that is a great answer. And definitely treating them like athletes. I've been saying that forever. And I think that's the best approach. And I love that philosophy. <laughs> Another nice thing is athletes actually work comp. If you were to look at work comp injuries and in athletes, they have a higher return rate than the general population, even with regular accidents. Oh, wow. So they're very capable of returning to the previous level of function. So if you take that philosophy, there's a, you can get these other people back to their, you know, often back to their previous level of work. Absolutely. I like to say they're industrial athletes. Yes. <laughs> What changes or improvements do you feel are needed in the work in the workers' compensation industry? I think one of the things that's important is get, you know, having the patients get off to the right specialty early on. Uh, it's hard when you see a patient that's already three months out from just a simple lumbar strain. Mm -hmm. And the expectation is in two weeks they should be better. Um, in six to 12 weeks, 90% of them should be better. The problem is if you see them four months out, five months out, sometimes that initial, I hate to say it, that initial visit is when you really can get their, the patients going down the right direction. If you set expectations that you're going to be better in six weeks, often they will uh, look at that. Right. And so it's trying to set expectations early is the key. Of course. Yes. And what is your process? for evaluating and treating those patients when they come into your practice? Well, if I have a new patient that just comes in first time, I try to, you know, I'm going to, I'm a little more aggressive with work comp and making sure I'm not missing anything else. So I can actually encourage them if, you know, you get an MRI a little bit earlier, if it doesn't show anything, you can really say, Hey, there's not a whole lot here. We just got to get work, work up, get you moving. Um, you know, I often try to use things like, you know, I try to impress upon the, the patient that our goal is to get you back as soon as we can. And my main process is trying to get them, the patient thinking that way early on. Right, right. I agree. Next question. What makes your practice unique? I'm very lucky. I have a lot of the services I need under one roof. And so I have... Uh, pain management, PM&R specialist here um, that can do injections in the office. They can do them upstairs um, in the local surgery center in our building. Um, I have physical therapy in the building. I have MRI in the building. I get x-rays quickly 
which is nice that we're not, we don't spend an hour waiting for x-rays to get done. So we can get the pay, we can get it all done under one roof in a short period of time. Exactly. And you guys just moved into a brand new, beautiful building, I heard. Yes, we did. We're very happy with this new building. <laughs> I have to see it. <laughs> you have to come by. <laughs> so what are your final thoughts that you would like to share that we might have missed with anyone who's listening, maybe an adjuster, an employer, anything we missed that you would like to share? Well, I think I, the thing I'd like to share is that, you know, if you have questions, ask. If something, you know, if there's something that you notice that is right, wrong, um, I'd like to know. I mean, it's like pilots and co-pilots, you know, it, it, the person next to you needs to tell you what's going on to help facilitate care. Uh, sometimes there are issues that I don't know about, um, about patients, their social issues or uh, other issues that are contributing to the patient's disability. And often the uh, patients and the um, caseworkers get a good, have a good working relationship, good rapport. And sometimes they can help us, you know, you know, get the patient going down a positive pathway quickly. Um, if there are questions about notes or, you know, things like that, I, I like to know about it. You know, if I need to correct something, I want to correct it. Absolutely true. Thank you, Dr. Pop. And communication is key, right? To everything. Um, especially in workers' comp. Yes, yes. So definitely. And what I, I'll definitely put in the show notes how to get in touch with you. So if anybody needs to reach you, I know you're very accessible. They can email you, they can call you. Yes. Did I miss anything? <laughs> I don't think so. You guys are great. Well, awesome. thank you. Thank so you. Much. I really appreciate your time today and making this happen for us. Thank you. No, thank you. Thanks, Have a Dr. good one. Pop. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would really appreciate it if you leave your review and subscribe to Bloom TV.